0: Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. Greetings and welcome yet again to Halloweenies, a horror franchise podcast. I know you're thinking to yourself, wow, they're back already to do a brand new movie? Absolutely not. We are going to be continuing our coverage of Ronnie Hughes, 1998 Bride of Chucky. We've got the same people back that you heard on the other other episode. You got Mike Rothman, you got Dan Caffrey, you got Rachel Reeves, you got me, Justin Gerber, and let's just get started. Folks, we've talked about the music, we've talked about the behind the scenes, the history. And now, here's Chucky.
1: A good guy! I know it! <laughs> I know you get me one. Tell me how he works, okay? Hi, I'm Andy. What's your name? Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho.
0: <laughs> All right, so again, Brad Dourif back as the voice of Chucky. I mean, uh, look, what else can we say? We've been talking about it throughout the movie coverage is the fact that. This is one of those rare examples, especially if you compare it to Freddie. We love Robert Englund's as Freddie, obviously. But if you tried to do with Freddie what they do here with Chucky, it would not work for Elm Street. And they kind of do. When they focused more on Freddie, it became less effective. Whereas the decision to focus on Chucky and to have him with another new doll was instrumental in the future success more or less of this
1: franchise uh dan i know you're you're a big fan of that too oh yeah i'm a huge chucklehead and <laughs> there were specific lines in this because chucky's not even being completely clever in this he's mm. just saying stuff like fuck you and he just makes it work so well yeah. i mean look i know we use this gif all the time but him him flicking off that guy i mean it's it's so funny Now, i guess that's not brad dorff that's just chucky being chucky but like there's something so basic about his humor that, and Brad Dorf manages to sell it with just how, how much he loves it. Like how much I should have written down some of the lines, but I mean, yeah, it was just stuff like, like, ah, yeah, what the fuck? And I, <laughs> you know, well, Dan,
0: of, I want to point out something there. I think it's important. I know it's just Chucky on his hands and knees looking to the right and flicking off, but yeah. Brad Dorf is so fucking good that you do feel <laughs> like he has possessed that doll
1: and he mm-hmm. is smiling and flicking off. The person right hey. there's no reason for him to do that no there's none i love it none i love it too because he's he's crawling in that scene so he's clearly trying not to be seen right so it does him, <laughs> him no favors to turn and flick off this random guy like that's actually going to be bad for his plan but cool. he does it because he's just such a little shit and he can't speaking resist of it.
0: bad for the plan they're so intent on getting to this graveyard to get the amulet so why are they killing people and drawing more attention to the couple that's trying to get them there? But again, look, they're serial killers. They're obviously very sick people. So and that's uh, maybe that's why they can't help themselves. They literally can't exactly help
2: themselves. can't help it.
0: Yeah, the, the the introduction of Chucky
3: in this is just priceless. Just the whole oh. build up to it. Right. The fact that you see you know her stitching together. Which, by the way, would that work? Like based on how the ending of Child's Play three is. I mean, I just, we just watched it and like he like literally like explodes into little bits and pieces and it's just, it is kind of funny to be like, oh, they found every piece.
0: Like the eyes. Well, to be fair, she's, she's using, she's using new doll parts. That's yes. true. Except for the head, you know.
2: I love how, like, because she's putting him together, like, she could literally dress him in anything, mm-hmm. but yeah. she chooses to put him back in the good guy yeah. clothes. Well, that's, that's that, that
3: aspect point. of this, the infantilization <laughs> of him in this with, like, the crib and him sitting there and, like, even with the part when she's like, oh, like a little baby and stuff, it's so funny. And it works so well uh, in terms of just fueling the humor that we have at large because, I mean, more than any other entry, at least so far... Mancini really just looks at the situation and is like how do we make the most out of this situational comedy like and he really goes for it I mean I just love the the the, the little bits in the beginning where Jennifer Tilly still Jennifer you know still Jennifer Tilly there and he's just just so remarkably rude to her and mm-hmm. the back and forth and the fact that it still looks like she just has this baby that she's hanging, that ha- having to deal with and yet he's such a He's almost like the bad baby in, um, was it uh, Roger Rabbit? And it just well,
0: cracks me up, like, like when, when she thinks that he was going to propose. Yeah. And then he says, as, yes.
2: as a woman, I was like, how dare you? How she's dare you, like, though. you left this ring. And he's like, ah, oh, that one I stole, you know, whatever, <laughs> when I killed her. Like, that was, what I could sell
3: fucking that. Yeah, like? yeah, yeah, you,
0: and then he says, what are you fucking nuts? And he bursts into that
3: laugh. It's just, yes. Like, oh, it's just so fucking fun. Well, the, oh the, the, the line I've been saying all week, and it's been driving Sammy nuts, is the, we're dolls, you dolls. <laughs> like, I just, like I just, I can't stop laughing at that line. It's just like, you know, you know, it's like how do you, how do you plan we do that? You know, it's just, it's so fucking good. I, I just love it. And like, just him being like thrown into the crib, and once just again, the image of it. Whenever is so funny.
0: Chucky is thrown around, I also laugh. <laughs> yes, because it's no special effect. They're just throwing a doll, a doll in the air. You know, like him it's playing the- with the. the what is it, the teach
3: and play or the speak and spell? The, speak and, or, the Poltergeist oh 3 God. speak and
2: spell. Oh, that's. <laughs> like,
3: what if that was a
1: deliberate uh, reference to Poltergeist 3? I would like to believe it is. There were a couple scenes <laughs> where um, Jade and, sorry, with Jesse, where they're running and just having to have the dolls with them. And they're, <laughs> yeah. they're clearly just dolls that are like bouncing up and down, but you hear t- Chuck and Tiffany's lines over them and ah. it did crack me up. Yeah. yeah, it's so funny. Well, I think
0: the yeah. key here, we can kind of start, cert- we've got <laughs> obviously Blenda and Jennifer Tilly who plays Tiffany with this conversation, but the fact that they were allowed to record together, mm-hmm. I think played a huge part in, in the relationship between the two performers and obviously the two characters. And well, they are and- also able to, which they could not do 10 years earlier, they were able to improvise a lot of that
1: dialogue yeah. too. We're well, freer to do so. There's a... And I'll, I'll wait till we get to great graphics to talk about it, but there's a specific special effects method that was introduced for this one that wasn't the other films that gave them a lot more freedom, mm-hmm. which coalesced ni- nicely with them having a lot more lines, but uh, I'll save it for when we get there. Yeah, the the whole back and
3: forth is just even like... I mean, obviously, you probably could have done a movie where it's just you know Chucky on his own, but like the fact that you have another doll there, it's it's just it's so smart, and just them in the car when they're just like listening oh, to music, gosh. and he's and you he, and he, they're just talking about like how the music went, went dead, and even just like her, like just it's so. um like honeymooners in a weird way yeah. because like she's yeah. like staring off at like the, the christ statue is like isn't it beautiful like absolutely oblivious to the fact that he could give a shit and like he's he's like the last person on earth to find any beauty in anything <laughs> and yet she still keeps fu- trying and it's so f- that that back and forth is just so fucking funny to me like I, it kills me
0: well that goes like, back to what mancini said about her being like a true romantic you're mm-hmm. kind of like I, find somebody better you know, you're, you're like natural born
2: earth. killers. Yes.
0: Yeah,
2: like, <laughs> like yeah, energy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
3: just him, even when he's like, the, I mean, the Martha Stewart stuff shouldn't be funny, but it's so funny. And it's like, who the fuck is Martha? Like, he's gets so angry. Like the vitriol <laughs> yeah. in him is just all throughout. And I don't know. I mean, like, just even with like the, the, the it's the car stuff that really gets it. But then it's also, the trip, yeah. it's even just off screen, like when you know Jennifer Tilly's talking to the the male lead outside, and they're trying to do the you know the car. Oh yeah, put the box in the car, and and he seems like Tiffany. Where the fuck are you? And then it's like, who the hell's that? It's like, oh, I'm babysitting. <laughs> babysitting.
0: <laughs> babysitting.
3: Yeah, God, it's so funny.
0: Well, yeah. as for Tilly, Don Mancini actually had her in mind when he wrote the part. Oh, he wrote it for okay. her. He had not even met her yet. Was it because he it saw Fouls Bullets Over Broadway? Uh, was it I, was just a combination Broadway of her. Story, yeah. Well, it was also like bound. bound.
1: Yeah. You mm. know, and... She weirdly has, up to this point, even I'm thinking of the Getaway remake too, she's had a good amount of experience with these crime capers, which this kind of is in a weird way, that road trip element you were talking about. I mean, it is them. It's almost like a heist movie or something. Well, no, it is. It, it's a road trip movie, basically, at the end of the day.
0: And it's just the fact that they were able to sign her was not obviously she's so involved with the franchise mm-hmm. now, but at the time she, she didn't jump for the uh, at the opportunity either. I mean, like I said, she'd been Oscar nominated. I think what three years earlier for Bullets yeah. Over Broadway had done some theater um, too. I theater, think, yeah. you know, she's been in, in, around because her sister Meg Tilly was also had been famous for almost twenty years at that point. She'd have, she'd been Oscar nominated. Bound was a huge success, which launched the Wachowskis, and. You know, so she was doing like these respectable, quote unquote, you know, (laughs) noir dramas, comedies with like these legendary figures. However, you want to look at them now, obviously. And so, the fact that she did this is pretty wild. Back in 1998, now makes total sense. But yeah, I can't imagine. You want to talk about not being able to imagine other people in roles, like Mm. right? I and I think Mm -mm. even at the time, Mancini hinted at. They were looking for more of the, like the the then would have been like the CW like the WB mm. young teens to play the role of of Tiffany. But man, no it, way, no yeah. way. It has yeah. to be Jennifer. It also
2: like it makes sense with the timeline, right? Like to have somebody that young would be weird.
0: Yeah, true. <laughs> but yeah. the
2: fact that like <laughs> the, the fact that they have like a history, you know, mm-hmm. her being like slightly older. Makes sense, and God, she's such a goddess. And like that voice, I think works really well too. Just oh, yeah. because it does feel very like old Hollywood, and like you mentioned, like noir. Mm-hmm. It's it's it feels like her voice feels naturally just like very starlety, and so it really plays into I think a lot of those other elements, even just like on a subconscious level. But this is a good year, or like this is a good time period for like dark, you know, goth, badass babes, yeah, got, like the craft. Sure said, so even like Practical Magic, like these kind of witchy, dark, I mean, she's up there as one of the absolute best, for
3: and sure. And
0: she still is. And again, yeah. she's heavily involved in the second season of, of Chucky. I mean, heavily involved in that show. Mm-hmm. She's still going strong, Mike. Yeah.
3: So we mentioned this with Last Crusade and how it looks inward at Indy mm-hmm. and, you know, pairs with the dad. I feel like this movie does the same thing because this really, I mean, we mentioned it's a, it's a Chucky movie. It's a legit Chucky movie. But it's also kind of the first one where you actually really learn about him beyond... Yeah. Like, I mean, we obviously knew about Charles, Charles Lee Ray and the fact that he was a killer and all, but we don't really know about his personality. We just, you know, like, I feel like with this, with their relationship and their dynamic, and then obviously the the great bits of just the domesticity of it all when they're like in the trailer and she's making fucking Swedish meatballs for him. I mean, you just get to see a little bit more of his own personality of who this guy was. And I think that works. I, I think that's... And, and like last crusade I don't know I I don't know you can go back like I can I don't you, I don't think you can go back to the old model where you're just like following the human and then all of a sudden he's on the peripheral again it, it just mm-hmm. doesn't work as well because now you like he is the character like this is this is who we know this is who we're learning about more so than anything whereas like I mean what do you learn about him in 2 and 3 like he really is just like a plot device at that point yeah. like yeah. you know it's, so it's kind of interesting to see him get inward with that and then also by proxy Tiffany does and I mean, I'm more drawn to that i, I and I, I'm pretty sure Mancini is too, which is why I feel like the other characters are so fucking disposable, right? like I mean it, he
0: knew like i said this was this was not heavily rewritten in terms of oh, we're gonna amp up Chucky and Tiffany, and the leads were actually the true leads of the mm-hmm. original draft. no it was never it was never positioned that way like he realized he really wanted to change things up and to totally get away from Andy and to really focus now on. Chucky and, of course, Tiffany. who You could even argue Tiffany's got a bigger part than Chucky does in this movie.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really yeah. combine
0: all the screen time together, especially. Yeah. And I think, you know, look, Brad Dourif and Jenna Fertility, both Oscar nominees, both of them. You know, if you have just other people in these roles, maybe they would be just as dull, no shots, as Jade and Jesse. Yeah. But it's that gravitas and, like, I know it's just voice work, but that is a whole other can of worms when it comes to acting like you have to still put in a fucking performance like you know i just just saw you know across the spider-verse and like there are some genuine performances going on there vocal voice wise and it's no different than this movie like if it doesn't work the movie doesn't work and and we're not talking about the series and this movie 25 years later It's it's also look too. Like, there's Mm -hmm. the way that he looks in this
3: movie is so fucking cool. Like, the the whole stitched together effect. Like, I remember I've talked about the movie maniacs line many times in this podcast. And, like, the movie maniacs for this were so fucking cool. Like, the Tiffany and and Chucky, they had real hair. They were all, he had the whole stapled up effect. And the duality of them is is both hip and And then also really funny, like when they're Mm -hmm. when they're just sitting in the back seat and they're just staring at them like dogs in a back seat. Mm -hmm. It is so funny. Like I'll just I'll just be just watching this again this morning. I just started cackling over my coffee, just like it's just how stupid they look when they're just staring at them in the from the back seat. Like they're like children. They're driving around or like the way that you know whenever you take a dog out for a a drive, they're just kind of like staring at you or like staring outside. It's that alone that image is is worth you know it's just priceless so i there's a lot to its advantage here with the yeah. two of them
0: and again they brad Dorf and jennifer tilly have nothing to do with that scene of them just no. sitting in the back mm-hmm. watching them but you feel like they are there like they are the ones moving their eyes around and and, and rolling their eyes look I, I mean they're tremendous in these in these movies i can't that's why it's hard for me to like i know we're going to cover it later this year but. I just had no desire to see that Child's Play remake or reboot because it's not Brad Mm. Dourif, and it's just so hard for me to accept it. But you know what? I will accept it, at least to watch it. I mean, uh, it has another good
1: voice actor, though. It does, and that's the thing. I I love Mark Hamill,
0: and another talk about famous voice actors, but we'll see. We'll see. I'll I'll reserve any criticism for when I actually see the movie. May the force be with you. Always.
2: I I do want to say, too, just about... Tiffany and Chucky just as characters, they're equally matched in their depravity, which I think really Mm -hmm. helps, like, with the humor on both of their parts. Because, you know, obviously Tiffany has the sort of romantic side of her, but she's also just diabolically evil as well. Just like killing, like, I'll kill anybody, but I won't sleep with just anybody, you know, like, like she's like equally as bad. So it makes those moments where they're, like, figuring out what to do. Like, oh, just kill him. And, like, oh, that's not creative. Like, don't use the knife. Like, that's, you know, use something well, be a little bit more unique. And it's,
3: God, and it's they, don't, so and funny. they don't even
0: pretend to couch it for later in the movie. Like, I mean, she slits that cop's neck at the very beginning and, like, yeah. licks her fingernail before the credits even hit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, they're not trying to say, like, either she's become this because of him later on. Like, no, she's just, as like you said, as depraved as her... Want to be husband is.
2: I think that's so important for the humor because it's it it makes those moments where she's trying to be like Martha Stewart even funnier because it's like you are both just so messed up <laughs> she's the kind of scary too
3: i i I know this is a stretch because i don't i mean it's a horror movie, but it's not exactly scary, but I will say that scene with the motel and she's kind of staring there off and the, and you see the shot in the mirror. I was thinking just like if you were the characters in that that would be the most scary thing in the world to see.
0: Like, like <laughs> first Even, off, you when, no, when Damien is in bed, yeah. and Chucky turns his head slowly. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. It would ter- be terrifying if yeah. you're in the moment. It's mm-hmm. just funny for us, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because we know what he's capable of and who he yeah. is. Yeah. Well, speaking of other characters in this movie, I think we got to move on. That's a section we call "Good Guys" and Glinda's. Death. <laughs>
1: Glenn. Guess again, Daddy. Glenda? That's my name. Don't you wear it out? Oh, shit.
0: So, the first of the two names we've been having trouble recalling uh, <laughs> Jade Kincaid by Catherine Heigel. You know, we mentioned at this point she'd been in My Father the Hero and under siege to Dark Territory. And this was before she would go on the star and knocked up. And Roswell, Dan, you mentioned Roswell, which was a successful WB show, which was also recently rebooted, apparently. I think like everything's been rebooted. I just didn't know All about right. it. And then, of course, Grey's Anatomy for years and years and years. And so you could actually say she's probably the most successful star of any Child's Play mm-hmm. movie. John Redder, mm-hmm. who we'll be getting to in a second, I guess. But in terms of the lead, probably Katherine Heigl. Here is something, though. Because you hear stories about Catherine Heigl, but you know, it's all tabloid stuff, right? Well I will say in that Crave video interview, I'll read the dialogue. the Crave interviewer says, We talked about Catherine Heigl a little bit and then we immediately moved on, and Don Mancini says, as it should be. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I was like, Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. So I, mean, I don't know. He didn't say he didn't elaborate on that, but I don't know. It's. It sounds like maybe there was some difficulties uh, on the set with 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 Catherine Heigl as well. So
3: like the common denominator, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I get it. I mean, look, I totally buy that the knocked up experience was probably a nightmare because I, oh, sure. you know, yeah, the yeah. way they shoot those movies, it's just like two fucking people, you know, that it's just like comedies, just comedians outdoing each other one another. That
1: would be exhausting. I. Get I also it. don't disagree with her assessment of that movie yeah. i like knocked up but i, I think i think the opinions she's had about gray's anatomy knocked up are not wrong no i agree yeah. uh, but i also understand like ah, eh, you're kind of biting the hand that feeds you a little bit with making money I'll, i mean it's i don't i mean i don't know Catherine heigl i'm not one to say if if she's quote unquote difficult or whatever else but there does seem to be kind of a yeah i did theme. i used to
0: know that this was maybe happening on but like you said like two things can be right you know she yeah. could be saying everything right about knocked up the knocked up experience and gray's anatomy from her experience and and, and her takes have actually aged quite well, if we're being honest. It has. Yeah. And, but you can also maybe be difficult on set. It's possible. You know, those, all those, those all those things could be true, but you know, again, I, there's not a lot to talk about with Jade Kincaid and Jesse Miller played by Nick stable. I, uh. there's just not. And luckily this movie does not hinge on them at all. I mean, obviously for Chucky and, and Tiffany's sake, it does, but for the audience, it's all about Chucky and Tiffany and they definitely focus on them more. Yeah, Mike. I, I'm reading right here that Julia Styles had the part and she had to drop out for 10 Things I Hate About You. Smart
3: for bad. her because 10 yes, Things fucking yeah. rules. If yeah. she yeah. was yeah. able to make both happen though,
0: is this movie better with, with Julia Styles? Yes. Well, I think Julia Styles is, is a better actor. I agree. But how much would she have had to play with?
3: No pun I mean, intended. That's, a, that's the issue. I mean, that, right? but that's but that, this thing. It's like, you need some sort of story because you need the fodder, right? Like, yeah. you need the, the this to move around. Like Chucky says, they're dolls. You dope. <laughs> you dope. Like, you can't, you know, they have to move around. This is just enough, I feel. I mean, I feel like they even add too much, but... I I don't know I'm I'm happy with the fact that the that they're pretty much disposable I mean even so even so much so that like by the end even the cops are like all right you guys the Deus Ex Machina detective at the end is like oh, you guys could get going and we don't have to ever see them ever again like that's that, that's kind of like good we're good we don't need to it doesn't need to be the Jade and Jesse show for the next one and you get that much as in this movie like I don't I don't know it's they they all seem they all seem like plot devices in the same way that Chucky was in mm-hmm. the first three.
2: True. It's it's also Bride of Frankenstein too, right? Because that's like a whole plotline in Bride of Frankenstein mm-hmm. is like the fact that it's their wedding day and Henry Frankenstein and you know his wife and like so that's like a a, a sort of subplot in Bride of Frankenstein too. That's a good so point. I'm sure I'm sure that that's well, and I have a that's why they like run away and get married. I think mm-hmm. so because why why else is that there?
1: It, it's kind of, it's funny cause I do criticize the movie for one that does in the middle start to lean, lean a little bit too heavily on them. But I mean, Rachel's got a good point. If you look at all those old universal horror movies, no one remembers the human characters from it, right? It's all the monster. And, and those movies relied less on the monster than Chucky movies do. So that might be why Win- Renfield failed. Yeah. Oh, did not mm-hmm. do well. Renfield. No, or? no it did not so, do very well. Nah, universal picture.
0: Another universal movie. Though. Yeah. Rachel, you talked about this earlier, but I, I remember in theaters that scene when, um, when Jesse and Jade are pulled over and, and Jade's uncle shows up and is basically asking, acting like an asshole. And then Jesse says, you fuck. Love it. My but friends and I just ran with that for about 10 years after that. Uh, one of my favorite line deliveries and, and motion pictures. There is an original filmed ending that has Jesse and Chucky temporarily switching bodies. Oh God! With the other, each nah. other's voice coming out of the other. No, good. I, no, No, nah, that wouldn't work for me either. Although maybe we, no, wouldn't work for me. And uh, they obviously nah. did not did not go with that for the for the big finale. Mike, did you know this Dan that he
3: happened to play a, a famous musician that you love very much so, Nick Stable.
1: Was in like the Beach Boys, yeah. TV movie or something. Yeah. I, I just, I totally just guessed that. Yeah, he, yeah,
3: that's a great guess. Holy shit! Yeah, he was yeah. in. He's Dennis Wilson. in um, oh really? The movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. Years, my favorite Beach Boy. Too. Something else. Years later, he would work with Ed Gale, who was Chucky's, who returned to be Chucky's stunt double yeah. again in this movie. By the we'll way, we'll talk. So, yeah, you know.
1: we'll talk about Ed Gale in a little bit.
2: It's just they have no chemistry.
1: Mm-hmm. These two, I like, I don't like don't. buy
2: them as like a you know lovelorn couple that's running away to elope and get married like no chemistry and then like a pl- part of the plot is halfway through it that I think the other one is a serial killer which it's anyways it's um it's I, um,
0: it doesn't it's not 100 successful and i have also some questions because she's obviously not 18 yet so what's the story of getting married in new york if you're not 18
1: yeah, I don't know. I, I think know. it's seventeen in New York. I could Is be wrong.
0: Really? I think so. Well, yeah. maybe the original so. plan
3: was to go to the UK, where I think you could marry someone in their sixteen <laughs> or whatever. Oh, God. But, um, so, no, that that might have been it. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's a hunk, so kudos there. Is he? Sure, I, guess. I think he's. A, sure? a, I, th- I think he's yeah, pretty. I think they're looking. both
0: pretty attractive people. Yeah,
3: I, 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 I would they say are, they're
2: just so boring. It makes them like less attractive to That's me. That's true. <laughs>
3: to, I, to, his, to his credit. There are some lines that he delivers that I thought were pretty good. Like when was it David is trying to tell him to turn himself in? And he's like, What? David, are you nuts? Or like he says the way he says that line, I was like, eh, he's got some good chops here. But like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's not much going. There's not there. They're empty characters. And you know, they they're they're archetypes. If anything, I wish that we we had I wish Heigl, I mean, she's a star now, so we know her. I almost wish that we had a, a star on equal level of stable, so I yeah. don't think about it too much. It's just like, oh, okay, there's Running the milk characters like what it's was it like, like
0: David Boreanaz should have, should have been in this movie is oh my
3: gosh is, yeah if they That's wanted to match better. Heigl yeah and then he yeah. could have been like what are you mean David?
0: <laughs> these dolls are real <laughs> I, I love I love Angel we're just having fun here on the Halloween's yeah. podcast
3: hey David Boreanaz uh, higher net worth than anyone he ever worked with because he's managed to find out find stumble into. Three major huge shows that's kept him sustainable for like the next you know for the last. He's also on that years.
0: fucking U.S. that seals show on. Well, that's he what I'm is saying. Been. He you has after bones.
3: Bones was huge. Bones was huge. I, I have like 20 been years. I've all Steadily,
0: yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, think about that seriously, though. For we've got to talk about David Boreanaz, obviously, on the we talked about both podcasts all the time. So he has worked every year in television for 27 years. Congratulations! He has a higher net worth
3: than Sarah Michelle Geller now. He like probably does. He's getting paid yeah.
0: CBS money, Fox money, and yeah. everything else. So, yeah. Also, in the film Valentine, which is absolutely influenced by the scream horror craze, absolutely episode. awful. Not Decent great. ending. The ending is stuck with me from that movie. I will say that I'll give it that. Seek out Valentine. Let yeah. us know if he wants to do it on the <laughs> Halloween. Easter no, don't say that, Drew.
3: Don't don't do that, <laughs> Mike. I you, do you it. Can,
0: Mike, you can just sit out. Rachel yeah, can I'll jump sit on. on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> God, yeah. I, will, I will get your text throughout the movie asking if, if you wanted to come on. i just keep bothering you. Okay. Uh, beats,
3: beats covering the A-team. So,
0: Well, so another character who actually probably did more in their brief screen time than the uh, Jade and Jesse characters did was Alexis Arquette as Damien. And I remember Alexis Arquette playing, of course, George in The Wedding Singer. The great, <laughs> yeah. I've got time, great running bit in The Wedding Singer. Same year. Same year. Incredible. Uh, also famously was in Pulp Fiction in the mm-hmm. opening scene.
1: With their sister, too. Yeah, yeah that's right. Didn't think about that.
0: Which We the covered sequel, them yeah. on the Losers Club podcast because they were the- Lobstrosities. The Ubstrocities episode of Sometimes They Come Back Again. Oh gosh. wait, really? Oh yeah.
1: Oh, you're right. Oh my god, Justin,
3: you were on the third one for that one too, right? So you've covered. I- I've been. In one. Awesome. I was too. Okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say oh, I, mean, I was
1: on. I was. Which one's the third one in Antarctica? I was on that one too. Yeah. Okay, oh, so yeah. Well, yeah. this is the crew. Okay. Wow, we did oh, it. Well, here we are. Which is We've so got, it's astounding that it has
3: a link to arguably one of the best Stephen King adaptations, which mm-hmm. is the original. Sometimes they come back. Yeah, that's. And good it looks a lot like the actual Stephen King world. So the fact that these two sequels exist. Astounding, astounding.
0: Well, it is pretty. It's pretty wild. well. But the character in this movie, Damien, is trying to impress Tiffany. Uh, the whole bit with 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 um, Damien pretending to have killed somebody, but it's obviously them. Um, Why? Well, yeah. And amazing. I love to,
1: It feel it actually feels like a pretty smart and funny commentary on on mainstream '90s goth culture at the mm-hmm. time. Yes, yeah, I don't mean like actual goth culture, but like you know Marilyn Manson becoming a big thing, sure. and people being into that. I thought it was like a pretty good '90s joke.
2: Oh, totally! And like the fact that when like they show that they find Damien's body, and it has like a picture of Damien, like out of you know, his, like, goth makeup, and it's like, Howard Fitzwater.
1: (laughs) That's just a (laughs) great it? Because
2: isn't that, I mean, like, the whole thing with Marilyn Manson being, like, the kid Mm -hmm. from, like, The Wonder Years, and, like, (laughs) just, like, a total dork, and then just gets these Really amazing tribal tattoos, or whatever you want to call them, all over his chest. Well, I also love how they
0: I'm not sure if it's if it's Ronnie used framing, but they they just seem like totally it almost looks like Lord of the Rings in terms of the height comparison with Tiffany Mm -hmm. and Damien. Tiffany just looks so giant next to Mm -hmm. the entire time, and it just makes him look that much more you know, know, inadequate in a way, I guess you could say, like, yes. Damien can never measure up. Basically, well, is what that That tells me. And our cat's like such a perfect conduit
3: to bring back Chucky. Because the whole time, Alexis is you know picking up Chucky and humping it, and it's like, look at this idiot doll. And, yeah. like, and you just know, like, Chucky's furious. Chucky Chuckie's is taking notes, mad. and then the whole turning. I said it earlier. It's like a great return, but I mean, this is the return of Chucky. We mm-hmm. have not seen Chucky since what was it ninety one. Yeah, 90, and so him to be on the the, you just know it's going to happen, and you're waiting for it to happen, and he's said so, or, and they've said so many lines about Chucky, where you're like, all right, when is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? And when the head turns, you're like, oh, here we go. And I'll never forget. I mean, in the crowd, in theaters, people lost their oh, yeah. shit when Chucky finally delivers the line. And it's like it's not what you do. It's what you know. It's like it's not the size. Not the size, of it, size it counts. It's what, what you, you do, do with it. it. Yeah. And it's such, a, it's, just, it's such a cool, I mean, I always say a hero moment. And it's a good he- anti-hero moment
0: yeah. in a way, you know? Well, I think, you know, for a movie that's really funny, it is really disturbing to me when they have that above shot when Tiffany takes the pillow off Damien's face and goes to sleep crying next oh to my it. my gosh. And, and Damien's just laying there dead. That's, that's like a So morbid. It's yeah, so morbid. it's so messed up. I think she just, like,
2: there. tries to, like, push him out of the way to,
0: like, give herself more. God. It's brutal. <laughs> Next character here, and I was racking my brain about this. It's David Collins, played by Gordon, Michael, Wolvet. Of all the franchises that we've covered, is this the first out character? Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to go back, because I feel like... Well, obviously, look, Elm Street 2... Scream, though. There's a lot of subtext going on there, right? But it's not oh, no, official. Scream. It's not official. Scream is with, Scream
1: you know, in... Um... Isn't, isn't um, Deputy whats Your faces son out in... In Scream, am I making? No, I guess he's not. Is he? Mm -hmm. I don't remember. No, it's It's Jasmine Savoy Brown. No, I'm I'm talking about at this point in 1998. Oh, in 1998. 1998. Now, every
0: every, every movie, that's not from these franchises, there's been somebody since. But I'm Mm -hmm. saying at this time, I think that this was extremely. We want to say groundbreaking sure we can say groundbreaking i guess in this regard for
1: for the david character do, here's a question for you guys i was wondering this because once again diamond sandy being a gay man mm-hmm. do you think the way he gets just gruesomely dispatched was he making any kind of commentary on you know the challenge of having mm-hmm. an out character in a movie like i i, I couldn't i don't have like the, the do authority to say thing. that but i was yeah i was curious I didn't, though yeah. i
0: didn't read anything specifically about that uh, I think that he did press to have this be, like I said, not a subtextual queer character, but actually yeah. out queer character is established immediately. And I do think that there is, I mean, there there are some jokes about the stereotype that comes with that when he's being kind of interrogated by Warren. Oh, like that, the what ice sports skating do you do? He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, ice, ice skating. skating. I think you're and skating. Yeah. Knowing knowing the flowers and stuff like that, I think that that was deliberate too, though.
3: So it's funny when I, so one of the first episodes I ever did with uh Chase and Joe, The Horror Careers, I remember calling this character out because I remember being, I don't know, like mildly offended by it, uh, the character, like early on when I first saw this movie. Because it just felt so like, like, um, like cliche. Like there's a lot of cliches that I felt like were wired into the character. Mm-hmm. And they point out, it was like, well, look, this is, you know, this is like one of the first out characters in a movie. And, you yeah. know, and I, and I, at the, and I totally, I always forgot that Mancini is actually queer. And so I, for the longest time I used to like really, that's used to be one of my gripes with the movie that was like, why, like, why is it so stereotypical? Because it's just like the frosted tips and everything else like that. And, you know, just the, the language and this, the, even the beginning talking about the flowers, I was like, all right, come on. I like, but then it's like, you, you know, the, 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 the history of it and it does change, change it a great deal. So I do think that now looking back, I do wonder if Mancini is playing with tropes some and and just you know oh totally oh, yeah. i think so him. yeah cuz then, the then
2: you get like some really like actual sweet moments i think that kind of counter 100%. that when yeah. when like i see i already forgot her name jade when uh, jade, jade is you, when jade is talking to him and says something and he's telling the story about like how he wrote this boy like a note yeah. like telling yeah. about his feelings and how like his mom found it and he's not allowed to see him anymore it's like that is like a real moment i think that we would never, I mean, I don't remember seeing it, anything like that before where it's not just like maximizing those probes and being like, look, this guy's gay. You know, it's not, it's just, no, he's just being honest. And they're having a conversation about the relationships and him basically saying like, you, if you love him, like say something and like, go and make it work because, you know, you might not have that chance again. And I think that is so sweet and just really, kind of an iconic moment in this film, honestly yeah, yeah. And,
0: I mean, and as tough again as Jade, hey, I remember her name as tough as Jade, <laughs> as tough as Jade has it with Jesse, especially in one thousand nine hundred ninety eight it would be nothing compared to what David goes through. And I think they did yeah. do a good job yeah. there of human, of giving like a human character mm-hmm. something to do, right, some weight to a yes. character, yeah, yeah. Um, I will say this was also roughly around the time of the the sudden death getting slammed by an automobile driving by like this would this yeah. this happened and then Final Destination, Final destination happened destination. right bus, and I feel yeah. like there was like this wave of every time I watched a horror movie and there were cars within like 30 feet I thought something to be destroyed <laughs> meet Joe Black same year I believe <laughs> by the way 1998 one of our great movies
2: love it. I love it starring
0: that movie. Uh, Brad Pitt who <laughs> just called in and talk to the Halloweenies during the Beetlejuice commentary. You can check that pod. out.
1: Friend of the pod now.
0: Yeah, patreon.com slash pod. I, I, I haven't listened to the episode yet, but I'm looking forward to listening to that commentary. It sounds like it was a fun time. We'll talk about the special effects with the death of David mm-hmm. later on. Yeah. But I'm a little more generous now than I probably would have been expected to be. All right, next character we got to talk about is uh, the great John Ritter as Chief Warren Kincaid. We talked about this in the, in the third episode, but he had previously starred in a movie, a TV movie called The Dreamer of Oz, which was produced by David Kirshner and also directed by the same director from Child's Play 3. A lot of people might not really know. One of the great comedians, especially television comedians, Three's Company, I think he won Emmys for that. Bad Santa, uh, amazing role as the manager, I believe, of the, of the mall He's got a couple of great scenes in there. Sling Blade, the IT TV miniseries. We talked about Buffy. He was in the famous Buffy episode. Scrubs. Died really, really young. Died in 2003 of aortic dissection. But he was also in one of the greatest underseen comedies I've ever seen. It's called They All Laughed, which is a Peter Bogdanovich comedy from like 1981, I think. It's really hard to find. They actually made a documentary on it recently. But... I'll I'll tell you this much. If you go to youtube.com and you type in they all laughed, if you scroll long enough, there's a good possibility that you'll find that movie there. So I'll just say that. (laughs) Mancini said that Ritter was going to be in Child's Play 3 Mm -hmm. in an unfilmed opening as a security guard who was going to chase off these kids who had broken into the closed-down factory. So how about that? His death originally chucky was going to say sorry jack but three's a crowd mm.
2: oh boy <laughs>
0: which would have been which would have worked as three jokes because he played the character jack in the show three's company and it's little known spin off, three's a crowd how about that and then also
3: the tagline for child's play too
0: you're right sorry jack chucky's back Mm-hmm. Now, believe it or not, this this reference went over a lot of test audiences' heads, so they did not yeah. do that instead. It's a minor role. I always wondered why he was in this, but now it makes sense because he's doing it basically as, like a, as a favor for, for David Kirshner. But he, he plays a great asshole for as likable as he was in earlier, in earlier works. But uh, any, any quick takes, I guess, on John Ritter in general?
2: I like how that reference went over people's heads, but then they're like, you know, something about Christian Slater on like New Year's Eve.
0: I know. <laughs> that was specific. Like by that 98. Like, you want to talk about 98? Yeah. yeah. People yeah. now, I feel, even now people would be like, wait, what? The guy from yeah. Mr. Robot? Like what's, what, what happened to him?
3: <laughs> yeah, but to be, I feel like, so it Broken Arrow is what, 96 or 97? I think it was 96, mm-hmm. right? Was it 95? Maybe it was 95. Let me look it up real quick. 95 um, or 96, either way. But like, so he was still it was 96. So okay. this is only two years later, like Slater was still in Vogue at the time. So I wonder if like was, cause I know he had some real big domestic problems in the early nineties. I don't know when, I mean, I don't, I mean, I love Slater to death. So like, I, I can't remember when he was having a lot of the issues in terms of just the, the alcoholism and all that other stuff. But like, I have to imagine I was relatively recent for this, but it is... Like, I, I did... My, I, my ears did perk up at that. I was like, oh, interesting. They're still
0: referencing Slater at this point, but... He um, has a death in this movie Oof. that there's an obvious call to Pinhead. Doesn't Chucky yes. say, where have I seen that before? Is that yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: What if he was like, "Ah, oh, where have I seen that Pinhead? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
0: What if he just said, sorry,
3: Jack, but three's a crowd. What if he had said, I oh, don't know, man, we're really raising a lot of hell in this van.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. I, they re- <laughs>
2: they they missed. They should have. I mean, there was like an obvious thing where they could have said something even just about like nailing it.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah. Nailed it. Uh, well, yeah. we'll never know. Yeah. We'll never, ever know.
3: What if Doug Bradley was the cop um, that was trailing him?
2: It would have been scarier. That would have yeah, been for sure.
0: Why don't you pull over? Oh, but by the um, way, the person who Dan, am I stepping on you here? If I if I mention your who uncle
2: did, called, I came. <laughs>
0: <laughs> your uncle yeah. called, it's I like, came.
3: There's lightning for some reason, and then like Dan, you know.
0: Sorry, but Dan, do you have any notes on the special effects makeup for this scene? I want to step on your on your landing No, here. no, no. Go ahead, please. Okay. The person who specifically did the makeup, the pinhead-like makeup for John Ritter in this death scene, also worked on Hellraiser's two and three. Oh wow, how about that? So he. Little, little uh, familiarity with the pins in go. the head, you know, a little familiarity. Oh, I'll mention '98. Slater was in Hard Rain no, no. and Very Bad Things.
2: Hard Rain is fun, it's a fun movie. I
0: like yeah. very bad
1: things too, but yeah.
0: yeah, uh, very bad things. Uh, good title, I'll put it that way for me. But you know, what? Hard Rain, I remember seeing the trailer for Hard Rain. By the way, you're listening to the Halloween's podcast. On <laughs> Brad Chucky.
3: Come on, uh, i got to talk later. The first
0: trailer was called The Flood, mm-hmm. and it was much yeah. more huh. serious. And then they retitled it to Hard Rain. I like well, they that. Used, they used Hard the, rain. the deep Jars impact, of Play song. Deep Rising. Yeah. Yeah. Well, We're going to move on. Rachel had a, a slight ding towards his character and the character's name. Oh, you know what? We don't have to really talk about this character.
3: Oh, but, but are you talking about uh, Lieutenant Preston?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, no, I, no, I do no. want Lieutenant Preston is the lieutenant who shows up at the very end of the movie. Oh, okay, he's, okay, he's like the guy who's been chasing him. I'm talking about the deputy. I, don't even have his, I, I didn't even write his name down. Oh, I didn't either. God bless him. Uh, what do they call him in the movie? Like needle or something like needle that. Needle nose. Needle nose. He has a little needle nose on this. Little needle nose. But yeah, he he dies. Congratulations. A couple notes on the cast that I want to mention real quick here. Lieutenant Preston, who's kind of chasing him the entire time, is in that cemetery scene at the end. You recognize this actor? 100. percent All you horror heads out here, Lawrence Dane, Mike. Who is he? From, Na- from National Lampoon Senior Trip. Actually, <laughs> that's not how all. I know him from. Him. He, no, no, that is I think him. You're gonna you're gonna kick yourself because you've been just seeing the praises of this movie.
3: Oh, I oh I agree because I he's also in um, well he's in that survival movie. Yes,
0: that's the one. Rituals. Yeah. In which With, he, co- uh, he co-starred and produced Rituals. By the way, he died last year. Hmm. Yeah. Wow, he oh. died last year? Yeah. He must have yeah. lived a long life, at least. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Also, the dad and happy birthday to me. I, I like that movie. That. I like that movie. That movie great is ending. too fucking long. Too it's long, for it's great. And it is great but, oh and I God, love God, the aesthetic
3: of that movie. It looks Most like Most a...
0: important. This blew my mind. The Wonderful world of, world of Disney produced a sequel to Phenomenon called Phenomenon 2. <laughs> Wait, really? It's a, that's expensive. And... <laughs> yeah.
1: Change the Christopher, world, Shire,
0: <laughs> Christopher Shire, who I've never heard of, is in the John Travolta role. And Peter Coyote is in the Jeffrey DeMunn role. What 18. in the world? But anyway, yeah, Lawrence Dane's in that too. So you can go seek out that movie. And anymore. Coyote oh, Shivers God, is in the
1: Damien role. Uh, Phenomenon <sighs> too. No, how did this, this
3: actually exist? So it's an I
0: episode know. of Wonderful World of Disney? Well, an episode means what they would do is they would, it was, it was a movie. Okay. It was a movie. It was like a two hour movie, but they called them episodes. Made
2: for TV movie?
0: Made for TV movie. Like they did Splash 2, T O O. You know, they did a bunch of stuff. Oh, man. What a bad idea. (laughs) As for the Kathy Najimi cameo, she works at the hotel in the movie. Mm -hmm. She starred in Hocus Pocus, which was co written and produced by. David Kirshner.
1: Chucky. Chucky's Chucky
0: Charles Chucky. <laughs> Lee Ray. I love them
3: fucking witches. Um, <laughs> I love that trifecta. that
0: trifecta's great. You know, maybe oh. if, if if
3: it was produced by Chucky, uh Hocus 2 would actually you know be a solvable, you know, wow. decent fun wow. movie. Wow. As, as opposed to, as opposed to being a fucking Wargr- a Walgreens ad. Hocus Pocus 2. I can't get through the
1: second one. I, I, I tried it. Yeah. I, because have you heard
2: they've greenlit a third one? Oh, can't I sure wait. And I, and I guess it
3: was controversial of
0: <laughs> me to like, show, make the, fun, the fun of it. The fun thing but. there is you said greenlit, but you won't be able to make up the color green in the movie. You can put it yeah, that way. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get <I> just, some <laughs> of cinematographers out here. That's a perfect example of
3: like, and this is something we kind of harped upon in the Beetlejuice commentary, is just like folks not being able to conjure up the magic again, because, especially aesthetically. Like that so, movie, okay. the first one is an aesthetic heaven, just wonderful dive to go into even you know i'm not the biggest fan of that movie but like it looks great and it feels like halloween and this new one is just like like every fucking disney marvel movie it's just like it's just soaked Flat. up there's no aesthetic there's just yeah. none like it's just like god damn it but well mike it's like all
0: heated over this fucking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> really getting upset about like, hocus pocus too Probably gonna have to pitch all, all, it anyway. All I'm gonna so. do is see it and then say I'm just gonna I'm gonna watch something else. It's gonna, be, gonna be, other people will be very happy and I'll, I'll be at peace with that. Yeah, We're we'll gonna watch. I'll the always have coast. the original Hocus Pocus, I guess.
2: So no future season on Hocus Pocus franchise. Oh yeah. Let's just definitely. do
0: Hocus Pocus minute. <laughs> presto, a minute, or <laughs> or Presto, you're dead.
1: They never learn. So,
3: who's next? Wondering where that,
0: that presto is coming from. How about I was that? like, what? <laughs> How about that transition? We're going to talk about the best kill in Bride of Shucky. And let's start off with Dapper Dan Caffrey. Dan, what do you think is the best kill in Bride of Shucky?
1: Oh, it's killing the couple at the hotel. I think because it's, it's gory, the effects are great, and also it's followed right by that iconic sex scene. I mean, there, there are a lot of great... Death scenes in this film, Mm -hmm. but for me, that's hands down my favorite. I'll allow it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Rachel, is that (laughs) controversial? (laughs) No, absolutely not. That's I'll I'll save everybody the time. That's also my choice. (laughs) Rachel, what about you, though? What about you?
2: That was that was my choice too. I just love how they're just like, dang, that worked. Like that was awesome. (laughs) Like they're like surprised at their own like. It's like how cool that kill was. Yeah, I, I, I appreciated that. I mean. There's some good ones. I do. I actually just like Tiffany's first Mm -hmm. kill, too, Mm -hmm. because it's like such a perfect way to introduce her character. Because we immediately just know that, like, all right, she's will go to any lengths to, like, do this. And yet she just is still able to seem so, like, poised and casual and, you know, beautiful in that moment. And it's just an incredible way to introduce that character. You immediately know who she is.
0: I yeah I, I said this similar earlier. I, I agree. That's a great introduction to the movie and mm-hmm. the character itself. Yeah, or the character herself. Uh, Mike, what about you, Damien? It's the yeah. you're talking about introductions
3: bringing Chucky back. That whole sequence is just awesome to watch. It's
2: it's. He great. just sits. <laughs>
0: oh, the he also sits there and Sorry. says, "Hey, how you doing?" That's yeah. A, that's <laughs> another great bit. Funny film, Brad Chucky. What can I say? Good laughs. You know a lot of. Good kills in this movie, and this is the next section we 're going to talk about dan 's actually going to lead the way we 're going to talk about the special effects in bribe Chucky and what we 've done in the past back in our elm Street episode, which we have alluded to a couple times our Elm Street season we would say uh, we would use the great graphics bit you know I got my high score from from freddy 's dead that 's kind of the intro here, but and we we were, we ran with it, and in the years after and the seasons after we keep using that reference over and over again. We're going to change it up this time for this episode for Brian Chucky. And so for the special effects section, we're going to call it Great Graphics.
2: What do you know? I beat my high score. <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> you fuck.
0: <laughs> Rain's pouring down on me
1: right now. So, Damn.
0: Dan, uh, yeah, please tell us
1: yeah, about this was the Great actually- Graphics kind of a watershed moment in the chucky series because for the first time and we had, obviously they'd used puppetry in the past and various special effects but we have kevin yeager productions the special effects company back on board mm-hmm. and this time they actually built several different chucky and tiffany heads that had radio controls with them them too so a lot of what you would see in jim henson's dinosaurs and a, a lot of the more advanced 90s puppeting and yeah. You know, animatronics that were going on now so they actually had three different chucky heads uh, including one that was used just for screaming which i thought was funny just like ah, ah you know kind of thing <laughs> and then they had four different tiffany heads with that too so let, let me and let me read the way these puppets actually work because i don't want to get the tech aspects wrong of it okay so here we go hold on okay so this is from the behind the scenes dvd slides uh of the of the dvd of uh, bribe chucky uh, and sorry you might hear my little chucky uh Boone screaming in the background real quick okay so three puppeteers are required to handle the movement of each doll's facial features which are relayed through the use of a radio-controlled transmitter one puppeteer articulates the mouth one the brows and one the eyes the puppeteer working the doll's mouth is also required to wear headgear mechanism which when the puppeteer moves his mouth activates servos which moves the doll's jaw so it's almost like kind of a not really virtual reality, but you're corresponding to what the doll is doing. Explains Brock Winkless, who is the main puppeteer, who is also back mm-hmm. for Chucky. Um, the voices of Chucky and Tiffany were pre-recorded by Brad Dorf and Jennifer Tilly before filming began. Their dialogue is played back and live mouth movements are then recorded by an animation playback system, which can play back the doll's movements on camera exactly the same for every take. So that's what I was talking to you about before when saying that that was the first time they essentially did the voice work first Then the puppeteering rather Mm -hmm. than the other way around, which gave them a lot more freedom, which obviously corresponds nicely to a film where they're essentially the leads and then even beyond that. So I'm going to keep reading this. All the other dolls below movement, uh, below the head movements are cable-operated by the rest of the puppeteers who sit in a crawl space below the race stage watching the action by way of monitors. And there were up to 15 to 16 people doing this for each doll. And even if you look at the IMDb page, it's like, no joke, they have like over 40 people uh, just for the puppeteering, and then an additional 40 or 50 just for general you know, special effects, prosthetics, and everything oh, like that. So it's kind of... Yeah, it's kind of wild comparing this to Child's Play 3, which we even talked about looking a little bit jankier <laughs> as far as the the puppeteering goes. And also, for the first time, they put a layer of silicone over the latex foam. So, you, I don't know, do you guys feel that, like, Child's Play 3 almost looks like Garbage Pail Kids a little bit because <laughs> it's just got the kind of corroded quality to it. When they started using silicone, that gave it just a lot more flexibility, and it also just, just put a nice sheen on it. I mean, I, I think... Would you guys say that Chucky just and Tiffany, obviously, who we didn't see in the last movie, but would you say the puppets in general just look a lot better in oh. this film than they had before? Do. I, yes. I think when you yeah. think
0: about dolls, and I and I often do, you um you think about honestly like how smooth they are. Like the even when Chucky's stitched up, like the skin yeah. that he has still looks kind of smooth, which which yeah. acts a weird juxtaposition with the violence that's happened to his face.
3: It, there's so much personality mm-hmm. at hand. I mean, I mentioned the part mm-hmm. where she's like, you know, teasing him and it's like a little baby. And he's, he's laughing. I was focusing on that again. And there's so much emotion on the doll from the laughing to staring at her that even the eyes seem like they're being operated as well. Like they're, they're just, there's, it's just so defined that I genuinely don't even think about the idea that it's a puppet ever,
0: ever. Well, just a scene, like when, um, when she lowers down the, the bride doll, and a look on his face. He doesn't even say anything, but just that, that, oh. yeah. I mean, that's just, that's great puppetry, you
1: know? Yeah. And also too, um, we should note: so Brock Winkless, um, who had done all the, he was the main puppeteer for Chucky up to this point. Also did the Crypt Keeper on HBO. Um, this was his second to last feature, his last time playing Chucky, um, in puppet form. I think he did Dr. Doolittle after this, but he, uh, was struggling with, uh, multiple sclerosis, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah, died in 2015. So even though he lived a while after this movie, um, the last 15 years of his life, the illness had gotten pretty bad. So last time we see him, unfortunately, um, but you know, performing Chucky and like with the other movies, they did have a mixture of puppeteering and live action little people wearing Chucky and Tiffany suits, uh for you know scenes like the crawling and uh some of the wide shots of them running around. And uh so for Tiffany, um that was played see, y'all actually I'll I'll ask you. So this is Debbie Carrington, it's a little person. Mm. She's actually been in some pretty iconic shows and movies that we enjoy. I remember one you know, specifically. Yeah, go ahead, Justin, then we'll do Mike. Seinfeld
0: <laughs> yeah, remember when, when mickey's like hey let's go out there. And, and something that's happens her? she's like i don't yeah. think
1: so she rejects mickey very yeah. funny that's oh, yeah. so funny that's a great episode <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, it looks so at kramer <laughs> yeah because <Well>, <laughs> kramer makes him wear um what Lips do they call it <laughs> 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 it's because it's the child playing plays going through a growth spurt oh. and she rejects him and she's it? uh yeah go ahead mike is not she in total recall she is yeah, yeah the one yeah. with the machine gun yeah and okay. everything um so yeah so th- yeah she's playing tiffany um she actually unfortunately died in 2018 I also didn't know that. Um, yeah no. it's sad mm-hmm. a, a lot of a lot of people have passed away who have uh, worked on this film um and then ed gale uh was playing chucky who had also done him in the first three films actually the he wasn't in the third one didn't. he didn't come back Oh, well, he third wasn't one. oh i yes, thought he was this is a big deal yeah yeah like i said i think the special effects in this are far and away the best we've gotten in the franchise so far Actually, Ed Gale, another story about Ed Gale, though, with this movie is that,
0: you know, he has some problem with some of the dialogue, I think, and and treatment in earlier entries. There is dialogue in this movie that Mancini, even looking back now, regrets having a character say, I think he refers to Chuck, somebody refers to Chucky or Tiffany as, I believe, a midget, which is really like a really just a bad word in general. Yeah, it would be a little people. you you can imagine what the equivalent of that would be. Maybe it's Damien that says it it to, to Chucky. Ed was really offended by that line. And so this is, I believe this is the last appearance. Yeah. Of, of Ed in these movies. So yeah, there you go. Troubled, troubled life uh, ultimately to say the very least.
2: I also love the scene where Tiffany is like transforming as a doll.
0: Yeah. And just, just
2: just the way it's shot and the way, like, obviously I know, you know, she's being manipulated as a doll, but it's super fun. And just to see that, that actual physical doll kind of turn into this, you know, with the leather jacket and the dark lipstick, it's it's that's well, such a it's great shot, fun fun shot like scene to an erotic
0: see. thriller too. Mm-hmm. You know, which only yeah. recalls Bound, honestly. So that <laughs> worked extremely well in 1998. There's also some stunt work in this movie. Uh, David Stinson. Do you have anything about this, Dan? I've got some, uh, some notes so, uh, on this.
1: He was like pinned between a car, right? Yeah. Like, there, yeah. yeah I, I couldn't find like an interview with him. I mean, he's still mm-hmm. working. So I think I think he. Oh, yeah. There's there's a okay, great interview with yeah. him
0: in the Ray of Chucky book. He had like retrograde amnesia, broken bones. Like it still affected people to this day who worked on the movie. Never held a grudge. He It was just a stunt gone wrong. It wasn't like somebody prepared Crazy. something improperly, I think. But he has no ill will. Towards anybody in the movie, he still did stunt work after this. But, yeah, scary stuff. I mean, it's during that one-stop uh car explosion sequence. That's when it happened. It, you know, shut down production for a little while. But uh, scary stuff. You know, stunts, especially back in the day when you're really doing real stunts and stuff like that.
2: Were they using miniatures at all?
0: I don't know. I, don't, I didn't read that into it. I don't know. if they It looked were like I didn't know if you heard anything forth. about it.
2: Some of it looked like, re- I mean, really good, but like especially that scene, it, it kind of seemed like they were using some kind of cool, like miniature sets for like the explosions and stuff. But
0: that back then, I wouldn't Either be surprised at all because now, obviously, they would just use some a CGI in the in the yeah. background. But look, Looks Physical is always yeah. better. What can I tell you, folks? Mm-hmm. Anything else, Dan, Or you want us to move on to the next? Uh, I leave it up to you. Keep the RV moving. Well, let's keep the <laughs> RV moving, and you know what they say. You just can't keep Come on, good dagger.
3: Ah! Ah! Ah!
0: Ah! Now, for this section, we're going to discuss, and again, we're going to go back in 1998. We don't know what the future holds. With what happens to Chucky and Tiffany in this case, do we believe that they could have survived and that there could be a fifth? Child's Play movie. Mike, what do you think?
3: Oh, easily. Yeah. I mean, if anything, this is the one that feels like the continuation is just as natural as possible, especially mm. given
0: the, the, you know, the cliffhanger at the end. Yeah. Especially after you see what happens to him, especially in the first three movies. Oh, yeah. Where you're like, there's no way he's coming back. If, if anything, this death is Child's Play. <laughs> hey.
2: Yeah. I mean, Chucky himself says it in the movie. He says, I'll be back. I always come back.
0: He does, he does lay it out. <laughs> so, Mystery solved. Yeah.
2: He admits that, you know, dying can be a bitch, but yeah. that he always comes back. So I believe him.
3: Where do you think he goes, though? I was wondering about that when he said that line. Like, does, does he go to hell for a bit and then he gets pulled out? I mean, Well, it
0: depends on what you think happens yeah. after you die. You know? well, nothing. You nothing <laughs> really get really deep here. Yeah, at the end yeah, of the exactly. Dan, what about you? What do you think?
1: Oh, yeah. I think, too, because there's the, the kind of reset at the beginning of this and the restoration and everything. And Tiffany's brand new. So easily, easily they're going to be fine.
0: Even though they belong dead, as she says, they will never be dead. As far as I hope and as much money as it ultimately ends up making, they'll live forever. So, trying to think of uh, what to do next, but uh, I guess it's time. So,
1: now park this piece of shit.
0: All right, for this section of um, park this piece of shit, we're going to give our Good guy. What we doing this? Good guy dolls. Five good guy dolls are right? the five good guy dolls. That sounds about right. Uh Let's let our guest lead things off. Rachel, go ahead.
2: I mean, I really enjoy this film. Is if I'm giving it good guy dolls, I'm going to give it three and a half. And I don't want to read you know too much into this because it's the fault of Jade and that lame boy that bring it down for me.
0: Already forgotten his name.
2: Yeah, I can't even remember if it good was twenty five. 25- 25% less of them, mm. I would love this movie even more, but if it if I was just rating this on the Chucky Tiffany content, 5 out of 5. It's so fun. This is such an effective way to just completely reinvigorate and reboot this franchise, maximizing what is it's done so well focusing on Chucky and also being aware of what's happening in the landscape of horror and implementing all of that. Soundtracks banging, the mm. way that it just finally realizes that Chucky is the horror icon, just, you know, next to Freddy, next to Jason, like he deserves to be there as well. And it's like they finally realized that and embraced it. And God, Tiffany, man, such yeah. a great character. So, yeah, three and a half, but five out of five for Chucky and Tiffany.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm going to give this, you know, it's funny because my letterbox rating was three and a half stars but i upped it to four after watching it this time because i like i said don't love the the teen human stuff it all feels pretty disposable for me but because all the supernatural stuff all the good guy stuff is so good on top of that the disposability almost becomes a form of comedy like watching this time time around like how it just does become the tiffany and chucky show i love the blending of aesthetics i love how it's chucky meets universal horror meets the screamness of all of it um and once again i mean i i I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but just knowing where all of this went with Chucky, the show, I, I, mean, I mean, it's, it's kind of mind blowing to me. I know it's a little bit before we get there still. So yeah, I'm going to do a hard for good guy dolls for bride of Chucky.
0: All right. Mike Rothman.
3: Is this in the running for funniest horror comedy of all time? Because I, I think it could be. Sure. I, in the running, yeah. yeah sure, I mean, I, I'll hear the argument, you know. Yeah. I mean, because I know someone would probably throw out like Ghostbusters and all, but I still don't. I don't know if I'd lean so much on. that. I just don't know horror and is still, a stretch. It, it's a it's a comedy horror, not a horror comedy. Yeah, I think exactly, a right? Yeah. So I'd say horror comedy. I, I I definitely put up in the top for me. This is my favorite Chucky movie. I think that's an important distinction because I'd still argue the best of the franchise is the original, Holland's mm-hmm. original. So I apologize, but yeah. uh, but back to Bride. I think it's hilarious. I think it's stylish. And teen drama, be damned! I do think this is a pretty tight movie. Uh, I do agree that the the Jesse and Jade stuff is soggy, but it I, it's so self aware at how disposable they are that I kind of find it funny. So, and you know, and you mentioned it's eighty seven minutes with credits, and it really does feel that breezy. I'm never bored. The brevity is contagious, and I think that's why it's so rewatchable. Like I, I never, if it's ever thrown up there, like on Netflix or Tubi or wherever there's something about it that always draws me in because I just know it's just a guaranteed good time. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with four and a half Good Guy Whoa. Dolls. Ooh, yeah, here I'm we going go. It's going high. I just think it's so, comedy's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. And Mancini's script, it's fucking great. And he knows this character in and out and it shows on the screen. So I'm going to give it four and a half Good Guy Dolls with a little, maybe a couple Swedish meatballs to round it
0: out. Oh. So. It's very
3: <laughs> romantic of you.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Don't forget to
3: do the dishes. Oh, I'll throw them out in the back, yo. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Yeah. For me, I just think about 1998, and they could have gone two directions. They could have leaned heavy into the uh, Child's Play 3 of it all, or they could lean heavy into the Child's Play 2, which, it, granted, they owe a lot to Scream, but this definitely does recall the Funhouse vibes of Child's Play 2 and the way that Child's Play 3 does not. Having Graham Ravel back to do the score after doing Child's Play 2 Another huge plus as well in this movie. Very funny. The, the choice to, to put your antagonists as basically the leads works 100%. As I've always said, whenever Brad Dourif screams, it's, you, you'll laugh. You can't not laugh at Brad Dourif screaming as Chucky. Tight 90 minutes, fun road trip horror movie, laughs throughout. The, t- the teen leads suck. It's Jesse and Jade. I'm remembering it now. I did it. It took three hours and 20 minutes, basically, of combined episodes for me to recall that Jesse and Jade, we did it. And the, the Peter Powell cinematography, namely, uh, the, him, him teaming with Ronnie Yu, and then David Man, Dave, not David, but uh, Don Mancini, taking that next step towards being the true shepherd going forward of the Child's Play series, all makes for what I would say is, I think child's play, the original, is tier one. And this does belong with at least Child's Play Two on tier two, so I'm going to yeah. give it three and a half good guy dolls out of five, and I'm also going to add some of those uh, Swedish meatballs. Oh, nice on top to really to really top she it. She made off. enough. She made enough. She made enough. Wow, what 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 a what a lengthy number of episodes. But like seven years in between movies, there was a lot to cover, and it's a fun movie, and we enjoyed talking about it. We want to thank once again May Schultz for her work. On this episode and most of our episodes, all the editing that definitely had to be done <laughs> for these episodes. Listeners, trust me when I say that. Also, thanks again to The Most for this season's opening and closing theme songs. Uh, Rachel, do you want to plug your smattering of, of of work that you're doing throughout the Internet?
2: Oh, yeah, sure. So um, I have a new podcast with a friend of the Halloweenies, uh, Jen Adams on the girl or the podcast is called the girls on the boys where we talk about the amazon prime series the boys we just wrapped up season one of the boys mm. and um so you can find that on the anatomy of a scream pod squad feed and we're also on instagram and twitter at the girls on the boys so if you're a boys fan check it out
0: is is boys season four coming back in 2024 or 2023
2: Um, Suppose that they haven't announced an official date, but they have said it's 2023.
0: Oh, maybe the fall. Yeah, because they wrapped. I mean, because I remember they they wrapped earlier this year. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Michael Rothman, what's going on over at the Losers Club podcast?
3: Oh, you know, 30 episodes a month and yada, yada. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, we're going into Just After Sunset later this month we just wrapped up all our our coverage of the boogeyman we've got the movie review we've got an interview with rob savage and an original audio drama written by uh, our own dan caffrey and starring co-star ashley Cassidy. so really great stuff and edited and put together by our own may schultz yeah so, that's right um, you've got
0: to check that out it's free on the losers club feed so it's pretty wild so definitely yeah. check that out and as for halloweenies i mean we've got what what, what month is this again it's june i guess right june so we will have had our episode on Now Showing in mm-hmm. which we broke down uh, three 2023 movies as well as older movies that the three people on the episode had never seen before but saw for the first time this year. It was a lot of fun. We did that. It was Mike and I in May. Man, May, mm-hmm. really making an appearance here in the outro. <laughs> Congratulations. And we've got the aforementioned Beetlejuice commentary on our Patreon again patreon.com backslash Halloweenies pod. We also mentioned our fortune and glory side podcast, in which we're covering all the Indiana Jones movies leading up to dial of destiny, which we'll be covering in July it comes out in June. But for this month, we're talking all things kingdom of the crystal skull. And I said, all this off the top of the dome, none of this is written down. I'm going to pat myself on the back because I've been talking job. for almost three and a half hours. <laughs> Well, this has been a lot of fun, Rachel. Thanks once again. Wow, I'm literally losing my voice as I'm saying <laughs> goodbye. It's happening. Yes, perfect timing. Uh, Rachel, thanks again. I feel like you've been on this podcast like dozens of times at this point. It's always been great having you on. Thanks. And Mike, love you. And I, uh, it, sounds, it sounds like a, a series finale over here. Yeah, like what is but going on. But <laughs> we'll be back <laughs> sooner than all of us can physically expect, but we will be back. But for now, uh, this is the end. Yes, yes. This is the end of our show, for now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more.